pre-show shot. Clink. No one's here. Powered, powered, powered by Quartastic. I'm actually tearing up. Oh my god. Straight tequila. Not my friend. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Hey guys, welcome back to the C3 podcast. My name is Nika Marie, aka Neeks, and I'm here with another episode for you. Yay! That is actually my YouTube channel intro, so I don't know why I bought it over here, but I'm very excited about today's episode. It's a solo episode with just me. I've been it's in it's been on my schedule to do for quite some time. And after a couple of cancellations and couple I'm still burning from that tequila shot. After a couple of people just kind of canceled on me or just straight up didn't show for their interviews, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to move up the plan and do my solo episodes now. So, yeah, and I'm going to talk more on that after we get into this a little bit more, <laughs> but that's not the point of today's episode. Today's point is to tell you that I'm here and I'm going to keep making episodes no matter what comes at me. So that's where we are. But that was all part of my 2020 resolution, which was to be more resolute in what I'm doing and to be more, you know, committed and more creative. And if something puts itself in my way, instead of seeing it as an obstacle that cannot be overcome, I'm instead going to start looking at things that, as challenges, as creative challenges. So with all of this stuff, ha- the stuff, with all of this stuff happening last week, I really tried to find a creative solution. And part of that creative solution was something that was already on my ideas list, which is to just do solo episodes where I talk to you about all the stuff that I'm reading or talk to you guys about stuff that I'm watching and <laughs> binge watching because I binge watch like a motherfucker, And that's just something that I do. And I thoroughly enjoy it. And I love talking about TV shows. So why wouldn't I bring that to the C3 podcast when the C3 podcast is all about embracing creativity, embracing creators, embracing the conversations that we have because of art and different forms of art. So I think that I've been holding myself back just because of apprehension and just because of, oh, well, this person doesn't do that and they're successful. So maybe I shouldn't do this and that and that. So I'm throwing caution to the wind and I'm doing whatever the fuck I want to do. That's part of 2020. We are seeing it in clearer vision. We got new glasses. We are working. So all that being said, how are your 2020 goals going? Have you made some new really great projects? Have you made some new really great habits? That's the most important thing. How, how are you doing? Are, maybe you failed. Maybe you backtracked a little bit and you're starting from square one, you know, now, a few weeks into the month, which is totally okay. That is okay to do. Maybe you're just killing it right now. Maybe you have the habits down. You were on a roll. You were getting it, girl. Good for you. As for me, I'm kind of in the middle. I have made some interesting new habits. Um, The one that I'm really proud of is I make my bed every single morning now. That's crazy. I've never been one of those people that just makes their bed every morning. But now I wake up, I make my cup of tea in the morning or coffee if I'm having a particularly rough morning and can't wake up. And then I, I drink it. I have like my English muffin with almond butter on it, or I make some eggs. And then I immediately go and I make my bed. My military parents would be screaming right now with joy, obviously, because it was like pulling teeth, getting me to clean my room or make my bed when I was little. And I don't know where this habit came from, but a lot of the habits that I've, I've suddenly acquired are habits that I've been actually really wanting to make habits for the last few months of 2019. So making my bed was 
not particularly on the list but I'm not mad at it it's a very nice way for me to wake up and like do my shit in the morning so that was an interesting one um I'm doing okay with the gym thing how well can one be doing if I'm here recording this podcast instead of at the gym <laughs> um we what else um creatively I'm doing pretty okay um I'm reading every day like I said I wanted to be I'm drinking quote unquote more water I mean is a drop really more more water that's just what my 2020 has been like um if you guys have backtracked or maybe you're doing really really well let me know down in the comments below wherever you are watching this watching or listening because i know that a lot of people love watching or listening on spotify which is super great i love that thank you so much so amongst my good habits acquired in 2020 i've also acquired um a worsening one i have always been a binge watcher and that seems to have gotten worse now that the, <laughs> as, as everything else good comes in that seems to have gotten worse because like I'll do all my chores and I'll be really proud of myself and I'll be like I deserve 16 hours of binge watching on Netflix I deserve to watch like 18 episodes of Pokemon Sun and Moon like I'm I don't know I don't know where I don't know what I'm gonna do about that I'm not mad at my binge watching habit I love TV I love movies like that's not a problem for me but I do feel like maybe it could be less so anyway I do want to talk about what I've been been what I've been been what I've been binge watching. Wow, I could not say that. So, the first thing I want to talk about is the circle on Netflix. If anyone out there has been obsessed with it like me, please let me know because I need to talk about this. One, I think this show was meant to be like superficial, really fun, fun, but for me, it like scared the piss out of me. It scared the shit out of me and I couldn't at first pinpoint why but like the thought so the basic premise is that you get a bunch of these people be they young be they old be they black be they white be they uh uh you know actual people or not or be maybe they're two people posing as one I don't know but you get a bunch of people and you put them in this apartment complex where they are not allowed to see or hear each other outside of what is posted on their circle social media feed so I think it was like 10 people I'm not really sure it was like 10 or 8 people they put them in they set them up on a circle social media platform that they can voice activate but I'm convinced that there's someone in the fucking wall typing what they're saying and they're only allowed to interact with each other through social media so text messages um photo posts status updates things like that so already I'm I'm, I'm just sitting there like oh my god I would fucking die if that was me however isn't that what I'm already doing? Isn't that what most people are already doing for interaction? I was I was freaking out. I was freaked out. Anyway, my scary ass aside, on top of the premise scaring me, I was really starting to question like all of my interactions with people. Like besides my boyfriend, besides my mother and father and si sibling, my youngest sibling, not my older one, my youngest sibling, um, I think that I only see people face to face, like, unless I'm on set, um, and that's about it. Or like strangers in the street when I go to Starbucks or when I go grocery shopping, you know what I mean? Like there is no one that I constantly talk to on social media that I see face to face constantly. So like I talk to Leticia a lot on social media, but I see Leticia maybe twice a year and that's if she 
has a panel and she invites me to be on the panel as well that's if we're on the same set for some reason that's you know it's it's so conditional that I see Leticia and I thought that was so weird to think about um another friend Angie I talk to Angie all the time on the internet all the time through tweets through Instagram comments whatever and I only see her if I'm at a cosplay meetup and I started to freak out. I started to freak out. My my boyfriend, I don't talk to him on social media at all, obviously, because I live with him. We live together. So why would I be commenting on his on his wall all the time? Like what? <laughs> I got so freaked out, guys. I've, I'm Now I'm just ranting. I'm just ranting. I can't. I'm freaking out. I'm really freaking out. So back to the show after my freak out. Um, so the, in the show, there's a couple characters that really stood out to me. And there's a couple catfishes too. So no spoilers. If you haven't watched the show and you intend to watch the show, please do not listen to the following whatever amount of minutes that I'm about to go through. Because on the show, there are three catfishes. One is Karen, aka Mercedes. The second one is um, Alex, a.k.a. Adam. And the third one is Seaburn, a.k.a. Rebecca. And these three catfishes were the most interesting part of the show. Although there is a fourth catfish, I don't consider her a catfish because she just... <sighs> That's complicated and maybe we'll get into it later. I don't know. Anyway, so Seaburn is posing... Seaburn is a, a, a black male who's posing as his girlfriend, who's a black woman, um for the show and he goes through and he pretends to be this woman the whole time but the thing is like if I'm on the show and he said half the shit he said to me I would have already pegged him as catfish with Alex it was a little bit different because he so Alex is kind of a, a, a how would you say without being insensitive he's he's a a different sort of attractive and he came on the show as a more conventionally attractive man that he pulled from the internet who has like a dog and a six pack or eight pack or whatever very good looking pic you know photos um but alex is kind of a different sort of visual appeal i suppose he's very nerdy he's very quirky you know he's an interesting dude but he chose to come on as a more conventionally attractive white man because of this um oh i didn't explain seaburn seaburn is coming on he's a black Wait, no, I did that already. Oh, Karen. Karen's the one that I missed. Karen is a black woman who's posing as a differently attractive black woman. Karen is a lesbian. Um, I wouldn't call her a stud necessarily. I don't know if she's a stud, but she's on that, that side of the lesbian spectrum. And she's posing as a more femme woman, a more femme um, cis woman. So that was her strategy. So with Seaburn slash Rebecca and Alex slash Adam they were kind of obvious catfishes to me because if Rebecca came in and didn't know Chris was gay I'm gonna be like you a catfish if Alex came on that hard Alex played Adam like some sort of like romance heartthrob as in too good to be true as in annoyingly flirtatious so I think that's why I would have pegged Alex slash Adam as a catfish Karen however as Mercedes she really really didn't have to do much I feel because she was already a woman you know she already has woman things to go through the only difference is that she is an out lesbian and Mercedes was kind of played as a cisgendered curious sort of woman you know with a little bit more innocence so I think Karen played her role the best yet she was the first catfish taken out 
ah and that kind of made me mad that kind of made me really mad because she and chris were doing like their thing they were having a good time and i just wanted to see her get a little bit further but seaburn as rebecca was really interesting and really horrifying because he messed up so many times in my opinion he messed up so many times and the first time was when he didn't know chris was gay because i think that that was kind of like obvious not to be insulting but i think that it was very insulting i mean he chris was an out and proud gay man I, it's almost insulting that seaburn slash rebecca didn't know chris was gay whatever anyway moving on and then we have oh so then the second one was when seaburn got into the group chat with the girls and they were started talking about their their periods and it was so funny to watch him try to navigate this conversation because then he's like trying to you can see it on his face he's trying to like pull from what he knows about periods and what his girlfriend has like complained about with her period and he ends up saying something like yeah i can't believe you know it's really only my left side that hurts and every single girl in the chat goes what what huh only your left bitch what like everyone in that moment questioned it but none of them were willing to be like rebecca's a catfish and that was so interesting to me and i wonder why i wonder why none of them were willing in that moment to be like rebecca's definitely a catfish and again it, they're part of a game so maybe being the first to say rebecca's kind of weird is ultimately signaling that you're a judgmental asshole but at the same time aren't we all judgmental assholes this brings up my other point about this show is it left me wondering what people think about me when they see like my instagram or when they see my twitter or when they see like my facebook because on my instagram i post a lot of my modeling photos excuse me i post a lot of my modeling photos and i know that some of them might look a little risque i know that some of them might look a little pretentious i know that you know a lot of them are really beautiful but i also like to intersperse my modeling photos with selfies and photos of me holding books so people know that i really love fantasy ya like i don't have a problem saying that um but i do often realize like what are people thinking when they go to my profile i like to make sure that i'm showcasing my acting work my modeling work me all at the same time but i do wonder ultimately what people think like the first time seeing my profile with my twitter it's a little bit different because i do have a pen post i do have a pen post that says that i'm an actress um and it has my website in it and you know everything but if you scroll past that i'm probably on some sort of rant about social justice and how x y and z is going against uh some minority group of the week and you know stuff like that like right now it's all about the the controversy surrounding janine cummins and her fucking book american dirt and how offensive it is to mexicans and latinx people and latinx americans because she didn't listen to any of them she stole from them as well during the writing process and 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 she didn't want to identify as any sort of latinx until she released that book so up until the release of that book she was white anyway that's not the point of this episode moving on speaking of models on the show there was a model who was eliminated the first episode i totally forgot her name but she was this like categorically attractive uh white woman who was a model she's like a legit model she models for playboy um and other such magazine editorials and what's not but she got eliminated the first episode 
I'm messing up everywhere. She got eliminated the first episode because no one believed that she was actually who she said she was. And here's the thing that blows my mind because she was actually exactly who they thought she was or who she said she was. So like, it's crazy to me when I, when I saw that because one, she was already judging people real harsh. Now she did judge Rebecca really harshly. And Rebecca ended up being a catfish, but for her, it was crazy. So I guess she put in her bio that she was a model and everyone zoomed in on that. And they were like, oh, she's probably stuck up. Uh, she's like really uppity. She's probably like really bad. She's probably like really mean and judgmental. But at the same time of them thinking she's judgmental, aren't they being judgmental? And sadly, that girl was exactly who she said she was. So she wasn't a catfish as some people thought, like none of that. A lot of these people were just really horny, like horny on the main. And it was weird because they know they're on the, they're, they know they're on a game show. They know that there are cameras everywhere and they're still like, you know, dick emoji or not dick emoji, eggplant emoji and all of these good things. And like, I can't imagine saying that to some stranger I just met on the internet, um, let alone on a game show on the internet. So it's just like weird, but I do want to give special shouts to shoe bomb. Shubham was like the realest guy on the show for real for real now during the end he did get kind of caught up in the whole like power play and he lost a little bit of his authenticity I felt but even then he was kind of still very sweet and I think that's why he got to second place overall but I think that he misplayed by not being a little bit more greedy and I hate to say that because I love that Shubham was authentic and like really about his allies and really about his whatever he did so props to shoe bomb i'm so into the show i don't know if you guys can tell speaking of shuby so in the end joey and shoe bomb ended up taking first and second place respectively now the reason i believe the only reason that joey won is because joey in the last moments of the game ranked shoe bomb so low after shoe bomb had been nothing but an ally to joey joey in my opinion is scum of the earth but he won he won fair and square technically quote unquote fair and square now if shoe bomb had decided to betray joey as joey betrayed shoe bomb betrayed betrayed shoe bomb then like i feel like shoe bomb would have won and now i'm like man he should have just leaned into that calculating side of him like you could see it shoe bomb was so calculating about everything he did but also really authentic so i don't know i don't know i kind of wish shoe bomb won i know that joey ultimately was the realest of the real on that show so it's just like crazy, crazy y'all. So that, all of that mixed with like just the seclusion of being with yourself all day, knowing that there are cameras watching your every move and like only interacting with people in this very impersonal way that we all use as a substitute for actually going out and meeting with our friends now. Um, Cause it's easier, let's be real, it's easier. It was, it was just like a scary show for me to watch. I'm going to watch the second season, but it was still kind of scary. So in the end, now I'm just like questioning a lot about my social media and like how I navigate social media and what snap judgments I'm making about people on social media. And I hope that in the end, because I do spend a lot of mental space thinking about this now, that I, you know, I really do make some better decisions about, you know, actually planning outings with my friends, actually, um, you know, not judging a book on its cover on social media. So I don't know that show like scared the cheese out of me man scared the cheese so another show that i binged um 
I think right after The Circle was AJ and the Queen, which is RuPaul's new show on Netflix. And uh, that was interesting. A lot of it was interesting. <laughs> if you guys know me, interesting is not always a good word, but I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I think that it represented like a lot of the love and a lot of the acceptance that we need to have nowadays. There was even a point in the show where like AJ, the kid, um, didn't want RuPaul or Robert to go and drag somewhere because she was like I love you but I don't know if they'll love you and that was really crazy to me because like how many times have you done that to somebody how many times have you had that happen to you like someone you you are close to being like hey um I love that you like to wear pizza as a bra but I don't think my parents are gonna understand can you just wear like a normal bra like what that has happened to so many people and it happens to like all the time and for some reason that hit me so hard because I have been in that position where a friend has been like Nika I know you really love anime but can you like not talk about anime around my jock ass brothers like I guess and I've, I've, I've done it to people before like of course I'm not recalling something because it's I'm trying to talk bad about myself and as a Leo that's not allowed but I've done it to people before I'm sure that I have and I'm just like that was so crazy to me it, it was so poignant it was very poignant of course it has that drag queen camp that you're gonna find um a lot of really great drag queens appear in it even in the first episode you're getting like i want to say most of the all-stars four and or season 11 queens i want to say i'm don't quote me on that but do go watch the show i thought it was very insightful and very cute a lot of the time there were some things that made me uncomfortable just like with the little kid cursing that much but I lived a very sheltered life. I don't know how much kids actually curse. I, as an adult, curse a lot. Um, but yeah, overall, there were things that I wasn't happy about. I thought some of the pacing was a little bit weird. Some, Like I said, some of the dialogue didn't quite fit the characters and the characterization that they were building up to. So overall, if I had to rate this out of five stars, I would give it like a 3.5 to 4, obviously, if you round up. Um, because it wasn't perfect, but also I think 3.5 is like a little bit more fair of a rating based on the things that I didn't like about it. If anybody else out there has disputes about AJ and the Queen, please let me know. I do want to have a discussion about it. I love binge watching shows and then talking about them at length with people. Oh my god, another show that I binged over the course of a week. This wasn't really a binge. I had to wait for my boyfriend to like be here because he wanted to watch it too was Woo Assassins. Now, if you don't know, I'm in love with Louis Tan. Um, basically, he is my husband. He just doesn't know it. I'm just kidding. That's actually really creepy to say. But <laughs> no, he's an actor that I really admire. He works hard. He trains hard. And as a martial artist myself, retired, um, I do respect the hard work that he puts in to keep like his skills sharp. And that inspired me as well to keep my skills sharp as well this year, which is why I go to the gym and I'll practice around. I'll kick around. I'll do some slow kicks. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, Wu Assassins is about the legend of the Wu. I don't know why I said it like that. Anyway, it's about the legend of the Wu. So basically there's the Wu Assassin and then there's the like Fire Wu and the Earth Wu and, and Wu Wood Wu. That's hard to say. And like Air Wu and stuff like that. Now on the surface, it kind of mimics Avatar The Last Airbender, but I was okay with it because I loved Avatar The Last Airbender. Okay. I loved Avatar The Last Airbender. And this kind of had a lot of those elements in it. That all being said, there were so many it can it can 
inconsistencies about this show. Also, they had, of course, the white insert character that inserted herself everywhere. And I hate that when if there if there's a show based on like Eastern mythology or loosely based on Eastern mythology, a lot of this story was obviously based around like Chinese mythology, Chinese people in Chinatown in San Francisco. You know what I mean? So at what point did the story call for this white woman inserting herself into every bit of the story it was actually annoying it wasn't done in a good way either it's not even like it was a white savior she didn't save anybody so i'm like what was the reason for her now there's another character oh my god summer glau appeared in this show and i fucking died duh i loved her in dollhouse i loved her in firefly i love her in literally everything she's in because i think that she is perfect in every single way but she appears and she's evil and she's also bisexual pansexual i don't even know what you call her but i loved it um who's in the show a lot of people a lot of people a lot of really cool people are in the show um uncle six the actor who plays uncle six is actually really really cool yeah anyway so my final rating for this show came out to again be like a three just because of all the story inconsistencies and like the plot holes and the reasons that didn't make any sense and it was just like why if they got a season two i would want them to tighten up the writing i would want them to tighten up characterization because a lot of them randomly would like do something out of character every other episode i would want them to explain the woos a lot better because there was like a metal woo but the metal woo could take over your mind because of the metal in your body and like i don't i don't think that i agree with that i don't know um <laughs> uh, but it's not for me to say that's for the writers you know i'm not trying to stomp on their vision but there were even in the con even in the, the the linear look of all of the woo a lot of them didn't make sense actually the final episode didn't quite make sense because the main character has to go back in time using a portal to stop the evil irishman from whatever he's trying to do in the past be with his family and like he kills the irishman but like before he went through the portal he made it seem like he'd never make it back to the present alas by the end of the episode he's back in the present eating with his friends and stuff also the white savior insert character who made no sense at all is now romantically involved with louis tan's character lucien and i'm just like none of this makes sense none of this at all makes sense who knows Overall, still, plot inconsistencies, plot holes, brought it down to a 3.3 out of 5 for me. That's just where it's going to stay until season two maybe gets made. Oh my gosh, Kipo. Kipo on Netflix is so cute. I haven't finished it yet. I think it's wonderful. Like, as of episode three, I would give it a four, four out of five stars. I am excited to finish it. Kipo is just so cute. Um, if you guys watched, what show is this? I mean, I, I it's, it's just part of the the growing circle of really cute shows that i love um another really cute cartoon for you guys to check out is owl house owl house's first episode was so perfect in my opinion it had a beginning middle and end and in the end if the main character decided to go back to the real world and forsake her weird things then it would have felt like a complete journey for her however she chooses to stay in the weird zone and like you know learn more about how to accept herself as a weird person and help other weirdos accept their weirdness so it, it felt like a complete journey that could have ended right then and there and i would have been okay with that as like a 24 minute mini movie 
of a character. It would have felt complete, but it was obviously the setup for a series. So she stays in the weird place and, you know, learns to embrace who she is, I guess. I don't know. I've only seen one episode, but I'll be following Owl House very, very closely along with finishing Kipo. I also started Warriors. Warriors is really good in the same vein of Wu Assassins. I think they do it a little bit better, but it's because they're, they're like, their story isn't muddled so far. I'm not finished with Warriors yet. So far, the story has been very easy to follow very linear everything's happening for a reason with Wu assassins it was like this is happening and also this but they're never going to connect until like now and then even then it doesn't make sense because we've added six new characters and killed off five and now we're here and like it didn't make sense but whatever yeah so those are the cartoons and tv shows that i've been binge watching and or starting and then obviously the ratings for them that i have so far um, I do really, really want to recommend Kipo and also Owl House to animation fans out there because the animation in both is so unique and so fun. Um, not so much Owl House. Owl House follows the um, Star versus the Forces of Evil sort of animation, you know, CalArt style. We're, we're in that vein still, and it's still wonderful. It's lovely. And while we're on the Steven Universe hiatus, obviously I need something to fill the cute hole in my soul, and I think that's going to do it along with Kipo, but I'm going to binge watch that as soon as I'm done with this podcast obviously so so yes thank you guys for listening to the first solo episode of my podcast of course um i will have guests on i will have creator spotlights to do um but as a creator myself i do want to just sit down and talk to you guys about other things that i'm enjoying that have been created and have a conversation with you guys about this stuff so today we talked about social media and the impact it has on interpersonal relationships um, and interactions. We talked about the shows that I'm binge watching. Obviously, I binge watched Sabrina also. I just haven't formulated my thoughts around the third part three yet. Um, if you guys have watched it, please let me know what you think. Um, we also talked about The Circle, AJ and the Queen, your New Year's resolutions. Guys, make sure you stick to them. Whatever you wanted to do, build that habit, get it done. We talked about Kipo, Owl House, and Wu Assassins, and Warriors. Yeah, and now you know that I'm basically in love with Louis Tan. Great. So, uh, <laughs> see you guys for the next one. Thank you guys so much for watching. You can always find me at C3Podcast underscore on Twitter and Instagram, and C3Podcast Creative on Facebook. And for me personally, Nika Marie Actress on Instagram. It's Nika's Yeah on Twitter, and Nika Marie Entertainment on Facebook. I don't quite remember. I don't really use my Facebook page anyway. So, Instagram, Twitter, use those. Um, YouTube channel, obviously, go to that as well. YouTube.com slash Neeks. And I'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys so much for watching. Bye!